Hey there, it's the week of February 1st, 2021, and I'd like to welcome everyone back to Lumber Connection, SBCA's bi-weekly podcast series focused on the latest trends in the North American lumber market. I'm Molly Butts, and I'm your host, and today I'm joined by Justin Binning and Ken Timmons, traders with American International Forest Products. Justin's been with AIFP since 2010 with a focus on Southern Yellow Pine, while Ken has been with AIFP since 2017, specializing in fur species. Both concentrate on high-grade lumber for the component manufacturing industry. Thanks so much for being with me today, Justin and Ken. Thanks for having us, Molly. All right. Well, we'll just jump right into the nitty-gritty because that's what everybody wants. What's been happening in the markets for this last week? Uh, Ken, why don't you take the lead? Molly, in the lumber market right now, very consistent with what we saw two weeks ago. There's price elevation sickness from our customers. Sawmills don't have any large amount of wood piled up in hopes that they get a a better market price tomorrow. And customers have kept thin inventories because of the level of of wood. Nobody restocked in January. So we're seeing people, lots of trust manufacturers are substituting between grades and products and trying to find any avenue they can to save money. But the one thing that's been consistent with all the customers coast to coast is Although we have a little bit of winter weather creeping in in some regions right now, everyone has a busy 2021 booked and sold. And just like we saw a couple weeks ago, when it looked like the lumber prices were about to to come off just a touch, everybody had so much wood to buy that within hours, the prices shot back up and they have not come back since. So a little more of the same out of what I'm seeing in the market. JB, what are you seeing out there? Um, Lumber market-wise, where we're at, anybody's question. Um, where we're at, what I can tell you is prices are are elevated. Um, we have seen a retraction in some pricing on some species um, over the last few weeks to then quickly rebound and make up the price we lost there and, and elevate to some new levels that we haven't seen. So um, spruce, studs, dimension, um, it's doing its thing. It's moving up uh, in pricing and uh, uh, yellow pine had kind of a stall there for, you know, a handful of weeks, it's kind of a fist fight down in the south. But mills have firmed up prices really on everything four inch and wider. So any of the big, big positions that the mills had, they're able to clean up. Um, and again, that trade is happening at or above print um, on all items in yellow pine. So Right now we're in a in a mass kind of uh, confusion scenario, but really it's not that confusing. Um, and why I say that is the the where the, where I think folks think the the confusion lies is is they're wondering why the price is so high and why it's not coming down. That's why they're confused. Um, but the confusion is is pretty explanatory um, because the need is there. The need for new homes and building is um is unrelenting and the inventories out in the field are extremely thin and i think i think uh ken touched on that um earlier um credit lines uh, are are pushed to their limits and above but the cost of buying a truckload of lumber today can range between 25 and 35 to 40,000 dollars for a truckload that's more than double, obviously, than when when usually you'd buy a truckload of the same lumber. And so it, what it's creating is a necessity to stay in the market more often than not. And it, it's all about the turn right now for the for the for the buyer. 
getting that product in, turning it back into cash and re-entering the marketplace. So the ability to build any sort of inventory is very, very difficult. And then it's very scary at the same time when you're looking at the, the random lengths price of, of lumber and what you can pay. But the customers are still coming in and buying. So they're not that afraid of the number. Um, they need to build. And are they excited about the number? No, I've never heard of anyone saying they're super excited about it. Um, but at the same time, when the builder <clears throat> continues to build, they're going to continue to buy. So this market could do this for quite some time. But if you think it's, I see right now is a great opportunity because you can actually buy some lumber in the next 60 days. I don't know if you're going to be able to, I because we still face all the same challenges we faced over this past year in 2020 with supply. Demand is, has only increased. Interest rates are going to remain low. Uh, as uh, as Yellen has said on, on Biden's administration, um, she says for the foreseeable future, next several years, doesn't see any change in interest rates. So um, anyways, I see a lot of, uh, I see a very busy, very active market, very liquid market every day, um, and a lot of lumber being sold every single day. Okay, so you've actually touched on something I was planning to bring up a little later, but let's go ahead and talk about it now. From your perspective, where do you feel like the current bottlenecks are in the supply chain? Is it transportation? Is it access to logs? Is it just ability to get out into the forest to cut? Is it labor at the mills? Or on the other side of things, do you feel like the system is just really near capacity and operating as efficiently as it can and demand is just that high right now? Yes, yes, kind of, and yes. Um... So, I mean, there's there's always going to be some some issues that you're going to have. Labor is certainly one of them, um, but that's always an issue. I mean, I, I, for years we talk about labor, labor issues, labor issues, labor issues. Has it gotten better? No, not really. Has it gotten worse? No, but guys are getting through it. But labor is always going to be an issue. Um, as far as transportation, uh, we faced a lot of those issues, obviously, in 2018. We faced some in the early part of last year. Uh, we really haven't had it this year. Now we've obviously had a very mild winter. Um, trucking seems to be moving relatively fluid. We are seeing some some rate increases from carriers throughout um, major lo shipping locations, whether that's the Mid-Atlantic Eastern Seaboard, uh, down in the South, Southwest, uh, out of Canada, coming into the States. Um, but capacity does not seem to be an issue. Rail cars, uh, we haven't had any faced any issues there yet. Um, the reason I say yet is because winter is starting to become uh, more of a topic of discussion here recently. We've had some storms hit the East Coast. Um, we're getting kind of a late winter push here. But again, we made it through the, the worst of it, right? And we didn't really have much weather to talk about. Um, thank God, because I remember years where it's like you could talk about weather for six months, like, well, the weather, the weather. So I'm glad we haven't had to talk about weather. But to answer your question, Molly, Things have been moving pretty, pretty solidly, really, all things considered. Um, and to answer the final part of your question, yeah, demand is really that great. Um, that's really the supply is that tight and the demand is that great. Awesome. Ken, do you have anything to add on that front or any of those fronts? I guess there was quite a bit there, actually. <laughs> I, I agree with Justin. There's a lot of factors that could be a challenge for production coming into 2021, but production actually is by the numbers. Uh, up slightly from last year. It is a demand 
you know, driven market here. The one potential bottleneck, <clears throat> and I'd love to hear from our customers what their our listeners what their experience is with this. I feel like the bottleneck in some markets really is getting the trusses and wall panels out the door from after being manufactured quick enough. I mean, I I don't really see any bottleneck at the mill level. I mean, the, the wood gets right off the planter and gets loaded on a car or truck, you know, lickety split. So um, as far as bottlenecks go, I agree with Justin. We're not experiencing many yet. There are potential factors that could provide that opportunity later in the year. Um, but I would love to hear some of the listener feedback with their experience in there. Well, hopefully we'll get some feedback then. You heard that, guys. If you've got some things to add to the conversation, please let us know. Um, so this week in industry news, we ran a headline about growing dependence on overseas lumber. How do you guys feel about that? Are you seeing lumber from Europe or even Russia entering the markets? Do you want me to grab this one, Kenny? Kind of start it off. I, <clears throat> I think that's a perfect one for you. Okay. Um, so... You know, working at American International, we're a very, very diverse floor with um, 10 departments representing different product lines. One of those happens to be European products, and we're actually the number one importer of European spruce into the United States. So um, obviously, I don't run our European department, but I do see the trade um, uh, and in part of that trade in a small, uh, small percentage. Um, but bottom line, um, the European is a formable fiber basket. Um, and will remain that for quite some time. Obviously, they love the returns that the U.S. is showing um, and don't see that happening or, or changing or slowing anytime soon. Now, with that said, uh, first quarter of this year, we do expect to have about 20% less wood coming into the U United States. Um, there is a global supply shortage. So it's not just here in the US. And I think that's one thing that we and I mentioned this like maybe the last podcast um, that I think we overlook at times. It's not just us that's busy. Canada's busy. European countries are busy. China's busy. Meanwhile, we're all pulling from the same fiber baskets. So there's only so much to go around. Um, and any really added production that we're going to get here stateside is going to be in the south. And I know I've touched on that as well. So Anyways, back to the European. Um, it's definitely formidable. Um, it's definitely a sought-after product. Um, it, it trades majority in the southeast, southwest, through the mid-Atlantic regions and up into the northeast. Starting to see it even stretch more into um, some Midwestern states, um, which is not a obviously a natural place for it to go, just from a logistical standpoint. Um, but anything can happen in markets like these when supply is as short as it is. So um, anyways, that's, I guess, my short uh, minute, minute and a half uh, synopsis on European from, at least from my desk. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that it's penetrating so far into the, into the States. So that's, that's pretty fascinating. Ken, do you have anything to add to that? Justin said it very, very well. It's, you know, it's a great product. It's something a lot of the customers are excited about and have gotten comfortable using for years. And the Europeans really like sending their product this way. So all in all, it's a, it's a great trade and something I think a lot of guys should explore. Now I don't see as many <clears throat> component manufacturers implementing that product. Some do, and those guys are seeing phenomenal returns. Um, that would be an interesting competitive advantage for other component manufacturers to explore. And I, and I add on to, I mean, the majority of that product that's coming over is in a, either in a number two premium grade or it's in a no grade stamp 
still premium like product, but does not have the the grade stamp on it. Um, we were getting some MSR um, last year, but we really I haven't haven't seen a whole lot of that, and we're kind of subject to what what we get. It's not like we necessarily place an order for you know. Uh, you know, X and we get X. I mean, we kind of get what we get. A majority of what the Europeans like to ship here is 16 foot because obviously that's a driver item building length. So, um, but anyways, I, you know, in future podcasts, if we see some change there, we see some um, stress rated materials start hitting the ports more. Um, obviously for our trust yards, that could be a big benefit and supply boost for them. Yeah, definitely keep us posted. That's that's all really interesting. So appreciate that. Um, well, I mean, I think that's a pretty good synopsis for the week of what's been going on. What um, what should the component manufacturers be looking for in the couple of weeks before we record again? I'd say <clears throat> same as last last couple of podcasts here. Just keep your head up. Make sure you're keeping an eye on your sales and how much you need to buy. Because while there is some choppiness and price discovery and disparity between sawmills right now, as soon as winter weather fleets, that's going to evaporate very, very quickly. There's a lot of guys who are planning on buying lumber cheap in theory, right, for all the sales that they have, which is awesome. But there's so many people with that mindset and a very finite amount of lumber to go around, that window of opportunity is going to go quick. So just make sure you're, you're looking ahead and you're preparing. Yeah, eloquently said, Ken, because it's like they're probably going to have to delete my whole next comment because I don't know where I stand on the level of uh, confidentiality or me driving a market or something. But here's the deal. Like you have an opportunity to buy wood, buy some wood, you know, Um, if you remember last year and you remember how difficult it was to get wood, that problem is coming again. It is. Now, the second half of the year might be a different story, but I see this as an opportunity right now in the marketplace um, to get some wood because the battle that's happening out on the dirt, out on the ground every single day at every lumber yard is as simple as this. The guy that owns the wood wins the war. The guy that doesn't have the wood doesn't stand a chance. This is an ownership inventory market. You got to have the wood because if the customer calls his regular lumber yard or, or trust manufacturer, whoever it is, and wants to place an order and the guy's like, well, you know, maybe, yeah, I can. What do you price? Uh, let me see. Calls the guy down the street that doesn't really want to buy from. He's like, hey, what do you got on this? He's like, yeah, I got it and get it there next week. Two weeks, maybe. All right. What's the price? Yeah, okay, cool. Whatever. Price is secondary. Product is the most important. And to Ken's point, there's not like you see this wood on this list and wonder why the market's not going down, but you can buy wood. It's because there's still solid liquidity in the marketplace and this beast hasn't really risen its head again. So I see this again as a great opportunity um, to get some wood bought uh, before the stuff hits the fan. I mean, that sounds like some pretty solid advice, honestly. So we'll see what happens. Could be totally wrong too, Molly. You know, that's the, I, I, I reserve the right to change my mind as soon as we hang up. So. <laughs> well, it sounds like our story from a couple of weeks ago about the Canadian housing market could be the best ever, could be a big bust, right? We just really don't know. So, all right. Well, any final words from either of you? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, 
Anyway, good advice. Justin, Ken, really appreciate your insight today. For our listeners, if you have questions or some feedback for these guys, please email them to lumber at sbcindustry.com and we'll try to answer them next week. Thanks so much for joining us.